What's up, everyone? It's Ray Garvin, host of the Destination Debbie podcast. If you're waiting until after the NFL season to start your college scouting process, you're already behind the eight ball. There are hundreds of college football games on each and every Saturday, far too many to keep up with, along with following your favorite NFL teams. But don't worry. This show is designed for not only you hardcore Debbie leaguers, but those of you who want to learn about the next group of potential NFL stars and get a leg up in your traditional dynasty leagues. We don't just talk about the big name college football guys. We hit on the small school value prospects who also have a shot to make it at the next level. If you want to position your dynasty team for short and long-term success, make sure you check out the DDP on DLF and all the other amazing shows DLF has to offer. You're listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off-season. Welcome to another edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm Dan Myler. Ryan McDowell and Matt Price are also here once again this week. Guys, we've spent a lot of time lately talking about not only the rookie class, but also some veterans. We've talked about ADP. We've done a mock draft from 2022, which was a lot of fun. And we've talked a lot of a lot about players that we're building our teams around, really. Look, the guys that are, are really the cornerstones of our franchise on our dynasty rosters, usually those guys that are taken in the first handful of picks, handful of rounds of our startup drafts. Today, though, we decided, or this week, rather, we decided to dig a little bit deeper. Before we get to that, let's bring in Ryan. Ryan McDowell, how are you doing, bud? I'm doing well. Doing well. Glad to be back on here. And yeah, ready to ready to dig in a little deeper. We don't get to talk about these players uh, probably as much as we should. Yeah, we should for sure. And a lot of names came up in, in our research. And as we started talking about an idea for this week's podcast, uh, guys that we probably don't talk about nearly enough, as you mentioned there. Matt, how are you doing, pal? Doing well, Dan. Yeah, like you guys, excited to talk about some players we you know normally don't talk about because they're you know quote unquote less relevant and in, in dynasty. But you know we have bye weeks, we have an extra game this season, so I have a feeling that some of these players are going to come to the forefront a little bit more for us uh, in an extended season. Um, so yeah, excited to get into it. Good point. So the the idea was to talk about late round targets, or or maybe you'd call them the mid rounds. We're, we're kind of targeting rounds 11 through 20 in the most recent DLF ADP. And, and we'll talk about a lot of these names. I'll certainly bring up most of them. Um, but our idea would be to each choose a player out of that round, choose a different player out of the round that would be a player we would think about adding to a dynasty roster at this point, whether it be in a startup auction or even in the trade market. Um, whether that be a rookie or a veteran. So before we get to that, and we're going to go through round by round through this ADP, we should talk about where we would be coming into round 11. So Ryan, why don't you kick us off? If you're if you're doing a typical single quarterback startup draft, um, where do you expect to be as you exit round 10 and you start to think about these mid to late rounds, rounds 11 through 20? Well, it's it's kind of a tough question because uh, yeah, it's kind of loaded. <laughs> well, it's also been quite a while since I, other than these mock drafts that we do each month, um, it's been a while since I did a one quarterback uh, startup. So it's it's almost a changing of the mindset to even have the conversation. But uh, I would certainly be loading up on the wide receiver positions uh, or position. I I would think if uh, of my first ten picks at least half of those, maybe even six or seven of those would be wide receiver. Uh, and then the rest likely running back. Uh, we'll, we'll get into it here today, but I think it's pretty easy to wait uh, on the tight end position and on the quarterback position as well in this format that we're talking about today. So uh, coming into this round 11, that's, that's probably what my team is, is going to look like. A lot of wide receivers, a lot of young players all around uh, at, at any position, uh, and very likely zero tight ends or quarterbacks. Yeah, I was going to, I'll echo the exact same thing. Lots of youth, most likely 
uh, running backs, especially early, probably loading up on them in round one and maybe even round two and, and sometimes maybe even in round three as well. And then just hammer and wide receiver in those rounds four through 10, which would leave me in the same position looking at quarterbacks, looking at tight ends. Uh, and and trying to add some value at the running back and wide receiver position and some depth at those positions as well. Matt, anything different for you? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, I, I I think I'm probably more likely to take a quarterback before round 10 than you guys. I, I think the one thing that I would say doesn't necessarily get reflected uh, in our one quarterback monthly ADP is true value of quarterbacks. I think we all get a little bit cute. We we push down a lot of the players, uh, you know, maybe farther than they necessarily should be. We've done a lot of talking about how uh, rushing quarterbacks are going to give us a huge advantage, uh, you know, now. And the late round quarterback theory is great and all. But uh, if I can get Lamar Jackson in like the sixth round or something like that, then I may take a, take a chance on on one of those guys just to give me an edge at that position. And then a tight end. The only tight end I'm probably considering in in, in the first ten rounds is is Kyle Pitts, as we've talked about. Um, so other than that, though, yeah, heavy on the wide receivers. And, and I think a lot of it comes down to draft position and, and where and what players are going to fall to you, because I could definitely see myself going in a heavy running back approach uh, earlier, depending on where my pick falls in the in the first round, um, because we know that those guys are, are going to be the, the true volume, the true league winning type running backs uh, for the most part. Right. Um, but uh, in general, I'm loading up a lot of youth, a lot of wide receivers. Ryan likes to talk about he doesn't want to take any player that's going to decline in value uh, in the first, you know, five, six, maybe even seven rounds. Um, and I think I've, I've, I've come around to that as well. So unless I'm getting, you know, unless I'm starting off with Christian McCaffrey and I have the first pick in a one quarterback draft, I'm still going to take CMC there. I'm not going to, you know, go for a wide receiver and probably not Kyle Pitts either. Um, so it depends on what you're drafting for, but generally, generally I think I'm a little bit more aggressive on the quarterback, uh, even a one quarterback, um, uh, and then a lot of wide receivers and a couple running backs, something like that. Um, and then just to set, transition into the the next part of the question about generally general strategy and into the uh, the 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 later rounds here. I think again, it it kind of depends like everything else in dynasty. If I've gone youth heavy in in the first ten rounds uh, and I'm really looking towards the next season, I might try to fill in some starters with some of these older vets that have that have dropped down into the later rounds and see if I can be a little bit competitive. Uh, in, in year one uh, while maintaining that youth approach uh, early on in the season. And then the reverse is true. If I've gone heavy uh, on win now assets, then I'm probably going to take uh, a, a stab at, at the prospects that have dropped down into this range. Uh, so it kind of just depends on, on how the draft comes to you uh, and uh, you know what your needs are uh, and what I guess what your plan is uh, with those later rounds. So uh, Matt, Matt covered rounds one through 10. Then he got into what he would be looking for in these middle rounds. Ryan, how about you? Is there something specific you're looking for in rounds 10, 11, 12 and beyond uh, without knowing actual names, the actual guys you put on your roster? Is there something generally that you're trying to uh, try to look at uh, among what's available in the, in the market in each round throughout rounds 11 through 20? Uh, sure. Well, first of all, I would say if if uh, my plan has gone, my draft has gone, as I alluded to earlier, and I have no quarterbacks or tight ends, then obviously that's going to be a big focus of these double digit rounds is, is to pick up um, not just you know one or two of those, but maybe a volume approach, uh, potentially three each of those uh, those two positions. Um, and then the rest of the plan would really just go to uh what Matt alluded to is, is kind of my general strategy, finding those players who can gain value. And I do think the, uh, the assumption there is that you're always taking the youngest player. You're always taking a rookie. Uh, there's, there's a lot of cases uh, and we'll, we'll hit on some of them today where uh, a veteran is in a good position to gain value uh, from where he is, especially if he's in one of these double digit rounds that we're looking at. So it's, it's not always, you know, if you're trying to, to, build that productive struggle team. It's not always just taking the youngest player or taking the rookie. Uh, there are, there's some situations where veterans can gain value as well uh, in, in the coming year. So those would be players I would be targeting also. And I should say at this point, we want this, this episode to be more than just 
an ADP show or a mock draft. Uh, a lot of this should be tilted towards team building. And, you know, if you're already in an established league, we're, we're, we're trying to point out some targets that won't be all that expensive on the trade market guys that you can add for, for less than a first round pick and, and guys that you can add to your roster uh, without, you know, really opening up that, that uh, wallet too much. So in general, uh, we're going to, it's a lot, it's a lot more fun to do a draft, right guys. So we're going to, we're going to present it like a mock draft. I'm going to go first, then Ryan, then Matt uh, in round 11. And then we're going to try to keep to the 12 players that are in each round. Then we'll reverse that in round 12 and then continue on. So try to identify some players that we like, whether it's a startup or uh, a league that is established. We might as well kick things off right away in round 11. And, and here just to give everybody an idea of what's available or what's expected to be available beyond pick 120 in a startup. We're talking about running backs like James Conner, Gus Edwards, uh, and Daryl Henderson. There are wide receivers going off right around here like Gabriel Davis, Russell Gage, Diami Brown, uh, and then some quarterbacks, guys like uh, Matthew Stafford and Tua Tungvaloa, lots of tight ends as well in here, Robert Tunyon, Evan Ingram, Irv Smith Jr., and Cole Komet. That pretty much wraps up round 11. And I get the first pick here. I'm actually going to address the quarterback position right here and take Tua Tungvaloa. I typically try, guys, to in these single quarterback leagues, I think, Ryan, you mentioned it, you like to have potentially three or maybe even four quarterbacks on your roster, even in a one quarterback league, this is where the value really comes out. And I, I expected to, to address the quarterback position early in this exercise, some good options right here with Tua and Matthew Stafford. I like to have a young guy with upside Tua presents that he's one of the later guys that really present that at this point. If you were going for the veteran, maybe Matthew Stafford would be the first guy. But because there are so many veterans still on the board, and we'll get to those guys, I think two is the ideal fit for how I like to build a team. I'll take him right here in round 11. So that puts Ryan on the clock. Yeah, Tua was definitely on, on my short list, one of the targets here. Um, interestingly enough, he's really towards the bottom of this round, the the 10th player drafted in this round. So uh, not only a nice value, big picture, but even compared to some of the other players you mentioned, a good value here. Uh, I'm going to go with Irv Smith, uh, the Vikings tight end. Uh, I think after Kyle Rudolph was released earlier this offseason, a lot of people have looked at Irv Smith as a a potential breakout. He was kind of slowly chipping away at that at that role, the, the first two years of his career. Uh, what I really love about his situation, uh, other than that opportunity to um, to start this year for the Vikings, is that he's just 22 years old. With with most tight ends, we do have to wait. You know, we have to wait two to three to four years before they actually get that chance to play, before they can potentially break out, and and they might already be 25 or 26 by that point. Uh, Smith came into the league so young. Uh, so that's that's a bonus for dynasty players. I'll take him here in this eleventh uh, round range. So Irv Smith's gone. Tua Tungavaloa's gone. Matt, who do we got with with your pick here in round eleven? I I went tight end as well, uh, but I went with somebody else who's I guess is maybe on brand for me, and that's Evan Ingram. I know he just has disappointed a lot, but uh, in twenty twenty, only four tight ends had over a hundred targets, and Ingram was fourth with one hundred nine at six point eight targets per game, just one behind Logan Thomas at one ten, and of course Kelsey and Waller led the league with a uh, hundred and forty five, just in a different kind of galaxy. Um, but despite that high target share, he only finished as the tight end fifteen. But I think that's going to be largely due to, to the touchdown production which he only had one of last season. Uh, So if regression does hits and he comes up to the sixth touchdown range or so, which is what he hit as a rookie, his only other complete season uh, in in the NFL, then he would have finished as the tight end four in 2020. Uh, The only other season he was completely healthy was that rookie season where he did get 115 targets, uh, finishes the tight end five overall. 
And then in 2019, 2018 and 2019, he had trouble staying on the field. Uh, in late 2019, he suffered a pedal foot sprain, which is kind of like a Liz Frank injury, but not exactly. And we know how long it takes uh, receiving options, especially route runners like Ingram, to come back from those kind of things. Um, but prior to that in, that, in that same season in 2019, he was targeted 68 times in eight games for eight and a half targets a game. So still a very high volume option there. And then in 2020, uh, uh, it looked like he was still kind of struggling with that foot injury to me at times. Um, so this entering 2021 will be the first time he's really starting a season completely healthy since his rookie year. Um, so if it all comes together, you know, we could be looking at a top five tight end again in 2021. Uh, which would increase his value, in my opinion, from the tight end 12 right now. Uh, obviously, you have some issues there with Galladay coming in, who's probably going to be almost certainly going to be the first option on the offense. But I still think Ingram's going to be the second one. You know, they have a bunch of wide receiver two types after Galladay, uh, including their new guy, Kadarius Tony, who I don't think is necessarily going to take over that number two role right away. Obviously, Saquon there is there as well. But I still think we're looking somewhere in the, you know, 85 plus target range as, as an absolute floor and could easily get over that 100 targets uh again as well so you know if everything comes together if those touching down numbers comes up i think we could be looking at a top five to six tight end again in 2021 with with ingram so if i don't have a tight end yet uh, and i probably don't if i didn't get kyle pitts then he's somebody i would be looking for as my starter for 2021 yeah and it seems like the the general consensus among dynasty managers it, we're, we're all down a little bit on evan ingram he's tight end 12 right now just packed in here with a whole bunch of other tight ends. I mentioned Tunyon, uh, Evan Ingram, Irv Smith Jr., Cole Komet, and at the top of the next round is Adam Troutman. So there's a, there's a bunch of them right here within about eight or ten picks. Uh, I think generally most people are down on Ingram. I'm holding out hope along with you, Matt. I, I got him on so many rosters, and I'm, I'm still thinking that he has that top five tight end upside, and he's already shown it. He just has to stay healthy. I hope it comes and, soon. And I like Irv, Irv Smith and these other guys too. I just don't think they're guys that you necessarily want to rely on as a week to week starter right now. So let's say you did take a, uh, you know, a, someone who's going to be your starter in those first 10 rounds, or you, maybe you're going to take one later, um, later in the draft, then those guys are fine. But if you're looking for a starter, I think Ingram is maybe the best of those options. So round 11 presented a handful of pretty good options. I went with, Tua and mentioned Matthew Stafford as a strong option. Ryan, Matt, you both jumped into the tight end market. Uh, there were other options. Cole Komet is a nice guy, a nice uh, player to add to your roster. Also Robert Tunyon um, as well. So round 12, maybe not so much. The, the options kind of go downhill. We hit a little bit of a tear break here. I'll run through the names real quick. It goes Adam Troutman, Antonio Brown, Naeem Hines, Zach Wilson, Devin Singletary, Kenyon Drake, Tyler Higby, Paris Campbell, Alexander Madison, Brian Edwards, Amon Ra, St. Brown, and finally Baker Mayfield. So those are our options here, Matt. Who are we going with in round 12? I'm going to go with a wide receiver. Uh, I'm going to go with Paris Campbell. Uh, had Obviously had an injury-riddled rookie season, uh, but in week one of 2020, he led the team in targets with nine and turned that into six receptions for 71 yards, which also led the team. And then uh, early in game two, in week two last season against the Vikings, I believe, he injured both his PCL and MCL, and that was it for... Uh, the second second season of Paris Campbell. So we really haven't seen him put together a healthy season yet. But if he does, I think he has a, a chance, pr pretty good chance to be the wide receiver too there, um, just based on on target share. I think that Carson Wentz is really going to like playing with him. Uh, and all the way down at wide receiver 62, I just feel like that's all upside at this point. So he's somebody I would take a shot for sure on in the, in the 12th round. I would as well. I had him as my number one target in round 12, Ryan, but you are on the clock here. Who you got? Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of good options here, especially at that tight end position. We talked about them a lot in the in the uh, previous round, but uh, Troutman and, and Tyler Higby, uh, two more here in this round. So uh, it, it really just makes me think, you know, if you're not if you're not getting Kyle Pitts, uh, then definitely wait on the position. I, I don't know that there's a huge difference between guys like that and, and you know, Noah Fant or, or Dallas Goddard yep. uh, compared to what you have to spend on those players. So uh, with all that said, I'm not taking a tight end uh, <laughs> in this round. Uh, I'm going to go with one of those players who is not young by any means, but I do think can gain value 
I'm going to take Antonio Brown here. I think he stands out as uh, a major value. Wide receiver 61, 12th round overall. And uh, I, I tweeted about this earlier. It just got me thinking, why are we taking Julio Jones in round six and Antonio Brown in round 12? Like to me, they should be, they should basically have the same value. Brown is less than a year older. I think he's a, uh, He's like eight months older than uh, Julio Jones. Uh, Brown has already been through the, the the transition of going to a new team. I, I, I think it's pretty easy to say he's on a better offense right now than Julio Jones. And Jones, uh, I guess we could it could be argued that they're both uh, the second option on their team um, and maybe even the third option in, in Brown's case, although he, uh, when he was on the field, he was – out regularly out targeting uh, Mike Evans and, and sometimes Godwin as well. So I, I just think Antonio Brown is, is a screaming value here. You look at the wide receivers that we're going to talk about in these double digit rounds, and there aren't very many that can give you that, that wide receiver one wide receiver two production in the short term. Uh, AB might be the only one. Yeah. I like that pick Ryan. It's a little bit surprising. You talked a lot about adding youth and guys that can add value. And I get your point that, that Brown could add value, especially in year one, if you're building a contender and you're trying to add some players that you know you can put in your starting lineup. Uh, so a little bit surprising that it's Mr. McDowell going with uh, <laughs> Antonio Brown of all people, but I, I certainly like it. And he makes for uh, an excellent trade target for those that need that flex guy, a guy that they can stick in their lineup every week. I'm up next here in round 12, and I am going to go with a tight end and a younger guy. I'll go with Adam Troutman. Matt, you talk regularly about depending on tight ends or buying into a tight end that do, that doesn't appear to be or have a have a have a path to be one of the top two targets on a team. And in New Orleans, there is the potential for Troutman to be at least that second option on the edge if you if you don't count in Alvin Kamara in the passing game. So Troutman, a young guy, only 24 years old, showed a little bit of flash last year, and I realized that Drew Brees is no longer there. But when I considered him against some of the other tight ends that would be available both in this round and, and later on, I thought getting the young guy now was important with all the veterans that are still available, uh, which we'll get to here pretty soon. So that wraps up round 12. We'll move on to round 13. And once again, it's dominated by tight ends. Hunter Henry, Johnu Smith, and Pat Fryermuth are the first three among round 13 ADP. Then it goes Devontae Parker, Denzel Mims, Jamal Williams, Ramondre Stevenson, Chuba Hubbard, Cole Beasley, David Johnson, Kenneth Gainwell, and Nelson Aguilar. So I I went back and forth on, in this round with a few options. There, there's young names that could add to your depth that both running back uh, and, and tight end as well, maybe even some wide receivers. And then there's some veterans that if you really need the right guy, he could, he could certainly help out. I consider David Johnson because – Guys, he's going to be a starting running back. He, he's going to play this year in Houston. And despite most of us not thinking he, they're, they're going to be all that competitive, he's going to touch the ball 10-plus times every single week that he's healthy. I did pivot off of it, uh, although I think it would be a good target, and I hope maybe at least you guys considered him uh, because he's so cheap on the trade market. I Because we're doing the draft format, I pivoted late, and I went with Hunter Henry, another tight end. I went back-to-back. At the tight end position, considering I had Troutman already, I think pairing him with Hunter Henry, a veteran guy that can uh, can can plug into your starting lineup that you feel like is going to get targets, whether no, no matter who's under center with the Patriots. I know he's changing teams, and, and there's not a great history of tight ends changing teams and making a big impact. But Hunter Henry is still only 26 years old, despite Jonu Smith also signing there. I think... I prefer him slightly, and both were available in this round. Would have been fun if they were split uh, between round 12 and 13 rather than the top two spots in round 13. I'll go with Hunter Henry to to add to my tight end core uh, that started last round with Adam Troutman. Ryan, you're once again on the clock. Uh, I'm going to echo a lot of what you said, except I slightly prefer Johnny Smith. So okay. That's, that's, Me too. That's who Me I will too. take. That's what I was uh, going to say. 
Yeah, Smith, a, a little bit younger, actually got a larger contract from the Patriots. Uh, and I don't think we can pretend to know exactly what's going on in that offense, but uh, I, I am pretty confident that those are uh, the two most talented pass catchers right now on that roster. Uh, so I, I think both can coexist and, and produce, uh, but I do slightly prefer Smith, as I said. So I'll take him here in this round. Matt? This is apparently the Patriots round because I'm going to take Ramondre Stevenson, uh, running back, fullback, whatever you want to call him. But, uh, you know, I'm not excited necessarily about the rest of the options on in that backfield. Sony Michelle, I think, is pretty much done at this point. Uh, mm-hmm. Damian Harris has gotten a lot of buzz uh, this offseason so far. So he's probably going to get the first shot at those early down carries. But he doesn't really necessarily offer the same size and skill set, I don't think, as Stevenson does, who so for such a big, big player uh, and, and such between the good between the tackles running he also i think has some pretty soft hands and can be a weapon out of the backfield now we've had this discussion before like is he really going to get the the targets out of the backfield over a guy like james white probably not uh but you know he's somebody that i think could take over that 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 take over that like two to three down roll uh after the 2021 season so he's a prospect i would look to grab at this point uh i know you mentioned david johnson i just I don't know. Like, do we really know that it's going to be David Johnson? Is it going to be Mark Ingram? Is it going to be Philip Lindsay, who I think is maybe the best back on the roster right now? Uh, and it's going to be a terrible team. We don't know. We, we, we assume it's going to be Tyrod Taylor. Is it going to be uh, Davis Mills? Uh, I just don't know. I just don't know if I want to have a running back uh, necessarily on that team. But if I am going to grab a running back here, it's going to be Stevenson. Yeah, I like that. Stevenson is a guy that I considered as well, along with those tight ends. Uh, I mentioned David Johnson. There, you know, there's a handful of names that you could go with that were really all over the all over the board. Fryermuth is another one worth thinking about if you're looking for the youthful tight end. If you if you wanted to pivot off of Ramondre Stevenson, but stay at the running back position, both Chuba Hubbard and Kenneth Gainwell find themselves right in this area. I prefer Stevenson as well. So there, there are certainly options this deep. And, and if you're talking about the trade market, a lot of these guys are relatively cheap. We're talking about uh, getting most of these guys for second round picks um, at the most. Yeah. I'm just thinking how, how, how bad is it for Denzel Mims that, uh, not we only didn't did we even not, mention his name, <laughs> Denzel Mims, and I love him, but it, yeah, it, it's not looking good. Uh, it's not, not looking it's really great, not. and you know we didn't see enough out of him as a rookie to make any kind of sweeping judgments. Though there, there's going to be more opportunities. Um, there, we all can at least hope, I guess, and pray that that New York offense is better and and well run as compared to what was happening before. Uh, over the last few seasons. So hopefully Mims finds, it, finds himself as the deep threat that can work in the intermediate area as well in that San Francisco Shanahan type offense, which which should be good for all everybody involved, including Mims. I mean, we can we could definitely see a world where it's Mims and 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 uh, Elijah Moore going forward. I think uh, I don't necessarily think yeah. Mims fits as well in that particular system, but you know. Good good players, they can find a way to make it work, I think. All right, we got to get to round uh, 14 now. Uh, Matt, you, you finished up round 13, so kick us off here. This was the the grossest round for me at least so far uh so i i guess i kind of cheated because i took the first player in this round and that's amari rogers uh you know I, I, we want aaron Rodgers there to really unlock his potential but clearly a role for him a, a, a dearth of targets there outside of Devonte adams and i guess if you want to include robert tunyon in that um i think he's going to probably regress with he's not going to have what was it, 13 or 15 touchdowns, whatever it was last year. So I don't think he's going to be as exciting of the fantasy option. So Rodgers was was pretty clearly the top pick in this round for me. Yeah, he was the top guy on my board as well. After Rodgers, it went Marvin Jones, Nico Collins, Christian Kirk, J.D. McKissick, Traquan Smith, uh, Dwayne Eskridge, Mac Jones, Zach Ertz, uh, Blake Jarwin, Tom Brady, and Gerald Everett. So as you alluded to, not the same kind of options here. Ryan, who'd you go with in round 14? I went with uh, Christian Kirk here, uh, still just 24 years old. Um, I, I, I just don't think he's done. Um, I honestly have been surprised at how much value he has lost this year. That's obviously an offense that 
in general, we still like and and we still want pieces of, you know, adding adding Rondell Moore, adding AJ Green is is of course the case of, uh, or or at least the the cause, I guess, of his his value loss. Uh, but I, I really just think it's gone too far. Looking at some of the other names here in this range, uh, still think of him as as an explosive playmaker. Not necessarily ever going to be that guy that we can consistently put in our lineups. Um, you, you know, it's become kind of a, a joke better in a best ball. He's better in a best ball. <laughs> so uh, if you're in a best ball dynasty, grab, grab Christian Kirk. Yeah, I just don't man. know where he fits. Like, where does yeah. he fit? Like, where does he fit? He, if he's going to be the slot receiver, I want Rondale Moore over him all the time. And I don't think we've necessarily seen him be successful on the outside yet. So I just, I just don't know what his role is. I don't think anybody does. And, you know, but as Ryan said, at least you'll get the two, the two big games that he has when you have him in that best ball <laughs> yeah. uh, league that leaves me on the clock in round 14. And I, you know, I went back and forth on this one as well and landed on the veteran and, and the veteran of all veterans. I went with Tom Brady. He comes in late in round 14. The Tampa Bay quarterback is 43 years old, as we all know, but coming off another marvelous season, and as I did earlier, I added the the younger quarterback that maybe you wouldn't depend on right away into a tongue of I like to pair that in a single quarterback league with a veteran that I know I can get production out of uh, early in the season and often in the season. I can you can depend on Tom Brady and whether that's for one year or two years or however long Tom Brady wants to play. He's going to keep putting up numbers. So he fit in well with how I like to build a team, I'm not usually targeting targeting him in leagues. I'm, I'm probably not trading a lot of the players that are listed in round 14 or 15 straight up for Tom Brady. Uh, but if, if we're going to do it this way as a draft, Brady, Brady kind of fits my team build or my typical team build. That sends us over to round 15, guys. And this round kicks off with a couple quarterbacks as well. It goes Carson Wentz and Kirk Cousins, followed by Latavius Murray, Austin Hooper, Josh Palmer, Tariq Cohen, Jacoby Myers, Jeff Wilson Jr., Matt Ryan, T.Y. Hilton, Anthony Ferkser, and Darrington Evans. So because there's all these other veteran quarterbacks, if I weren't to take Tom Brady in the last round, I'd probably be talking about these other options. I'm a believer in Wentz, and I, I don't have a problem with rostering a guy like Matt Ryan. Because I just went with Tom Brady, I'm going to pivot here. And I'm, I'm going to take a stab, kind of. I'm going to go with wide receiver 76 in the ADP. That's Jacoby Myers. I, th- I think he has a chance to be the number one receiver. And not just not just uh, wide receiver, maybe even pass catcher in that offense. And there's so many unknowns. Is it going to be Mac Jones under center? Will they go with the veteran and Cam Newton? I think J- Jacoby Myers matches up with either one. Jacoby Myers is still very young. He he showed out well late in, in last season uh, at in spurts when Cam Newton was able to get him the ball with a little bit of space. So whether you're, whether you're on the trade market looking for a guy that could move up in value, as Ryan always talks about, you're trying to add guys that could go up in value. If Myers is the number one pass catcher in New England, if he's even the number one wide receiver in New England, fantasy-wise, his value, we're going to be talking about him as higher than a round 15 guy. So I, I picked him out among these 12 players as the most valuable, although there are a few other options, Ryan. Yeah, you sniped me on that one. Uh, and honestly, oh, I think Myers, I think Myers is probably four or five rounds undervalued here. I, I feel like he's he's a player we should have been talking about in that eleventh uh, round range, maybe uh, that we began the show with. So love that pick. Um, I'm going to go with a wide receiver here as well, since you took my guy. I'll take Josh Palmer, uh, the rookie wide receiver from the Chargers. Pretty clear to me that 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 LA team is looking for a third uh, third option. In the passing game, uh, Mike Williams will be a free agent after this season. And and the way they cycled through those guys like Tyron Johnson and Matt, Matt will have to remind me of the the other guys' names. I can't even remember anymore. <laughs> Jalen Guyton. Jay, yeah, there we go. Jalen Guyton. Yeah. Uh, so love the opportunity for Palmer. Uh, obviously a rookie with, with a chance to gain some value, especially if Mike Williams uh, leaves, let's say, bolts after this year. Ah, nicely done. Matt, you got to round out uh, round number 15. 
Yeah, there's a lot of good options this round, and mm-hmm. the only one that was, was taken that uh, I was kind of excited about was Palmer. Uh, but uh, some, I'm just going to talk about a few that I like that, I'm, that, I'm, that I haven't selected. But T.Y. Hilton, we just talked about uh, Antonio Brown going too late, and, and why is Julio going that many rounds? I think Hilton could probably fall in that same bucket uh, all the way down here in the 15th round, presumably still, you know, the at least on paper, the wide receiver one. Health might change that. Maybe Michael Pittman or Paris Campbell's uh, play changes that. Um, but, you know, I think he's still a good option at this point. Tariq Cohen is interesting this late. We saw him uh, catch a whole lot of balls a couple of years ago um so you know i, I don't I, I am in the camp that i don't think gumry is getting all of the the touches i know that, that's kind of that, that kind of narrative is kind of picking up steam lately on twitter that all of a sudden montgomery is like this hot option i'm i'm not on that board uh latavius murray is somebody that i kind of like this late uh if if it is for some reason Taysom hill we saw latavius murray be extremely productive uh in that offense you know in, in, at times more productive than than kamara and certain games uh depending on how they were going to play so i think all those are good options but i will take a quarterback here i'll take carson wentz uh, for all the reasons you guys already mentioned really about the other veteran quarterbacks in this range new team way better offensive line he was one of the most pressured quarterbacks in the league last year and now goes into one of the best offensive lines and is paired with a coach who kind of unlocked his potential several years ago so uh, if i don't have a quarterback yet once it feels like a really good option here for the record, if if we could have gone outside of round 14 uh, in the last round when I took Brady, I would have taken Wentz yeah. because you are buying back those years. And it's not a small <laughs> – it's a significant amount of years, 15 <laughs> years younger. Uh, and he's 28 years old. It's crazy when you talk about it that way. I like the Wentz pick. He was the, he was the next guy on my list as well and certainly looks like he could be a value because we all remember that MVP caliber season he had. Do you think it's realistic to say Tom Brady has more fantasy quarterback one seasons left than Wentz does? It's possible. <laughs> of course, you know, that Wentz was pretty, he was pretty gun shy last year. He got hit yeah. so many times and so hard that it's conceivable that that sticks around with him, that he remains gun shy, even, even after switching teams and getting the fresh start and all those things. So there's reason for concern. And that's why, we see him in round 15 and not round 10 or 11. Like, like a lot of people still think he should be valued and probably for good reason. Uh, let's jump over to round 16. We're going to try to get through uh, all the way to round 20. So we've probably got to speed up just a little bit. We'll try to do that right now. Round 16 uh, include starts off with Jamison Crowder, then goes Jer- Jared Cook. Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard, Rob Gronkowski, Philip Lindsay, Marlon Mack, Sammy Watkins, Giovanni Bernard, Daniel Jones, Elijah Mitchell, and KJ Hamler. Matt, why don't you kick us off here? Yeah, I have the first pick in this round from the three of us, but I'm actually going to take the last pick in this round, KJ Hamler, uh, somebody I know you liked quite a bit coming out, Dan, and I've come around on. He just he just offers something a little bit different, I think, than the rest of the receivers uh, in Denver. Obviously, the quarterback situation, uh, but he's got more speed than Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, uh, so he can be that 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 deep option. They didn't really use him like that last year, only 6.8 targets, uh, excuse me, 6.8 yards per target last season, uh, but I think that's an option they could unlock out out of the slot, um, which I think is his maybe his his best position in the NFL, to be honest, is kind of a, a deep slot kind of player. Um, so still very young, 22 years old, and was productive in limited opportunities last season. So uh, like KJ Hamler here in this round. Yeah, I do too. Youth and speed and big playmaking. There's lots of potential there for sure. Ryan, who do you have? Since Matt took the last player in this round, I'll take the second to last player, which is Elijah. (laughs) (laughs) That's Elijah Mitchell, the 49ers rookie running back. Of course, it's it's really been all about Trey Sermon this offseason since they drafted him. And and there's been a lot of talk about the crowded backfield. They also signed uh, Wayne Gallman and and still have uh, Raheem Mostert there, of course, as well. Um, So crowded backfield. But I just I just want pieces of that backfield, and, and Mitchell is definitely the cheapest one. Uh, I think I think Gallman is even being drafted ahead of him. I believe. I guess we'll find out soon. Uh, so Mitchell, <laughs> M- 
Mitchell is uh, just just that cheap dart throw. I mean, a third round rookie pick, or maybe even later, that is is worth the gamble. Yeah, he's worth the gamble for sure. You guys snaked me on my top two choices out of the round. <laughs> it, it is rare that they're going to be the bottom two guys in ADP as well. I'm going to have to pivot completely. Can't really go with the youth. I'd like to go with the third lowest, but that's Daniel Jones, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna die on that mountain again. Uh, let's go with a veteran then. I'll take wide receiver Jamison Crowder. Got the got the updated deal with the Jets. He'll stay there for this season, and and I realize that he's been around forever, or at least it feels that way going from Washington to New York. But he is only 28 years old. There's going to be another contract. He's in a contract season. So he's he's playing for the big bucks. I think he's that veteran presence, that guy that will play underneath in that San Francisco-esque offense that they're implementing there in New York. I, I could see a lot of catches, like 80-plus catches for Jamison Crowder out of the slot, renew some of that value, and, and that could create a, a, a value surge, a dynasty value surge for a guy that's only going to be 29 next year. So Jamison Crowder is my pick in round 16. In round 17, there are 12 names to consider. They are Tevin Coleman, Van Jefferson, Derek Carr, LaMichael Pirine, Eric Ebron, Rashad Penny, James White, Tutu Atwell, Khalil Herbert, Alan Lazard, Sony Michelle, and Rashad Perriman. Uh, I'm going to go with one of my guys in this round. It is Van Jefferson. Guys, I think he is the wide receiver three in L.A. I know, I know a lot of people are saying – well, they drafted Tutu as well. He's going to be a deep threat. And, you know, they have Deshaun Jackson. He's going to be on the field. And, and they have a pass-catching tight end in Higby. So he's got to get the ball as well. I just believe in Van Jefferson. I think no matter who misses time, if either of the top two wideouts in Los Angeles miss time, Van Jefferson is the guy that fills in for him. I don't think one of the other ones will. So there's going to be a role for him. And Reynolds played that role a little bit over the last couple of years. It could could expand. I'm not counting on that. But when you're talking about round 17, most likely your wide receiver eight or nine at this point in the draft, right? Especially in a one quarterback league. Van Jefferson fits the bill. He fits in right with KJ Hamler, who was just selected. And, and I like a lot. If you're looking for depth and guys with upside, if you're staring at this list of players, I really like Van Jefferson's name. He, he certainly stands out at wide receiver 83 for me in round 17. Ryan? You got me again. He was All he right. was my top pick. I like that one. And, and again, you get to this point in the draft. Uh, there are some gross names in this round. It, some it, bad ones. <laughs> it gets really it gets really uh, ugly pretty quickly. I would I would encourage our our listeners to do something similar we we said the same thing last week when we were talking about our 2022 mock draft but just going through these and looking at the the sets of names round by round and in these groups of 12 you really do get a feeling for where the drop-off happens and uh, I, I think it just happened or at least <laughs> one of them one of the drop-offs happened from round 16 to 17. Um, Dan, you said you were taking one of your guys. I thought you were going to, uh, I thought you were going to go with this player, but I'll take him instead. I'll take Alan Lazard here sure. to me, the favorite to be, uh, the, the Packers wide receiver too. And, uh, even with the addition of Omari Rogers, I still like what we saw from Alan Lazard. He started out the season, uh, really on fire last year. He gave us a wide receiver one game and a wide receiver two game in the first three weeks and then had that injury and missed. Uh, I think he missed six or eight weeks and and just didn't didn't seem to be quite the same after that, but still just 25 years old. And like I said, last round with the 49ers backfield, that that Packers uh, offense is is one that you want pieces of. So Alan Lazard is my pick. Yeah, he would have been second for me as well. You, you're right about that. He's the he's going to be that second receiver opposite Devontae Adams, and they love him on the field, not only for his pass catching, but he's also a great blocker in the running game, which gives him opportunities. As you know, you have to be on the field to catch the ball, and Aaron Rodgers changes plays at the line of scrimmage regularly. So if you're the guy that's in there to make the block on the perimeter because Aaron Jones is coming out there and he sees the matchup, those create opportunities for Alan Lazard. We saw it in the playoffs against the Rams. I think he's way undervalued. He he seems like 
uh, a guy that should be at least a couple rounds higher, even for the short-term upside, despite having a, a short contract and, and the unknowns in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers and, and the like there with the Packers. Matt, you have the third selection here. Who are you going with out of the remaining 10 players? Yeah, this is a, is a tough round. Uh, Van Jefferson, I don't know. I mean... You're not buying in, huh? I mean, I I like him fine, but he just seems re- he seems like a worse version of Cooper Cup to me. Which, if Cooper Cup goes down, that's going to be great. But I don't know. I, maybe maybe I, I might be wrong about him. Uh, well, Cooper but, Cup probably know. will go down. <laughs> like Cooper it. Cup can't stay healthy. <laughs> Stop it. Sorry. Um. Anyway, truth hurts my feelings, yeah. Ryan, and I don't want to make a pick in this round. Uh, no. Uh, I'm back. This is this is gross, but I'm going to take Rashad Penny. Uh, 25 years old. I was just okay. looking a little. What? Okay. Yeah. I mentioned. Uh, well, the, I mean, he's only got gross guys earlier. I, I, but I know. I know. I know that he hasn't started a single game in the NFL in, in three seasons. <laughs> but he he's played still in just, a couple, though. He, played he has played in, in some couple. games, and he's played pretty well. Other than last season, he averaged you know almost over five yards a carry in both of those first two seasons in the league. Not that we care about yards per carry, but you know he's been efficient. He's been an efficient runner when he's been on the field. He just really hasn't gotten a crack necessarily to be the guy because Chris Carson has always been better, and he's probably going to be better again this season. But we know that Carson has injury issues of his own. There's really not anybody else there. DJ Dallas, uh, you know, you can throw him into the mix, I guess, but. Uh, you know, he's coming off of a serious injury, um, multiple serious injuries. If we want to go back to like 2019 where he tore an ACL, uh, but you know, this late running back 62 as, as a, as a, as my running back seven, six or seven, uh, I don't, that, that could turn into a starter, whatever that might be worth. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't hate that. And I, I kind of like it better than Van Jefferson, to be honest with you. Okay. We're going to give you Sony Michelle too. So you can get, have <laughs> don't want Sony Michelle. No, don't want Sony Michelle that uh, have disappointed. Let's jump into round 18, Matt. You have the number one pick out of John Brown, OJ Howard, Hayden Hurst, Jameis Winston, Savan Ahmed, Tyrell Williams, Emmanuel Sanders, Tylen Wallace, AJ Green, JV and Hawkins, Sam Darnold, and Anthony Schwartz. Who you got here? I had two two top options here. I'll take I'll take number one. Uh, number one is OJ Howard for me. Uh, in week five of twenty twenty, he did suffer a torn Achilles, which is a, obviously a very bad injury. Uh, but uh, Will Disley tore his Achilles in week six of twenty nineteen, and then played the entire twenty twenty season. Not saying that everybody, every single player, and every single injury is the same, but I don't necessarily think that is a death knell for OJ Howard. We know his upside. Uh, in, in the in his four full games in twenty nine, excuse me, in twenty twenty, he produced eleven receptions, one hundred forty six yards, and two touchdowns, and actually out targeted Rob Gronkowski nineteen to fourteen. Uh, he's still only twenty six years old, and he's in a contract year. So uh, I think there's still upside to be had with OJ Howard. I don't think his career is over by any stretch. Ryan, how about you? Who do you have in round eighteen? I think uh, one one theme of these rounds is just how thin it has been when it comes to the running back position. Uh, Dan, you talked about it at the top of the show. If, if you want running backs, you've got to take them early in the in the draft. Uh, so when I see a running back that I think is worth a shot, that's probably the pick I'm going to make. That's what I'm doing here. I'll take Savon Ahmed. Yep. Uh, only played in six games last year for the Dolphins. Didn't even see the field until week nine as a – as a rookie, I believe he was undrafted. Um, there were three games last year in which he got double-digit carries, and he was a top-20 fantasy scorer in all three of those games. Uh, Miles Gaskin has, has definitely become a trendy pick after the Dolphins didn't address the running back position, and I get that, but Gaskin had uh, had some injury issues last year, and and he's certainly not locked in as, as that proven RB1. Um so for those reasons, I'll go with Savan Ahmed. Yeah, I like that one. I was I was going to go with Ahmed as well. And, you know, it's weird because at draft time, we heard from everybody how Gaskin was this big winner. He's the, he's the biggest winner of the draft because Miami didn't address the position. But really, Ahmed is has the same win. You know, he it's clear that he's behind Gaskin on the depth chart. Gaskin came back from injury, was still a little bit banged up late last year and got on the field ahead of him. But I don't think anybody expects Gaskin to play 17 games this year. So Ahmed 
could make a make an impact for your dynasty roster for sure. I would have gone with him if I could have, but I can't. So I'll take the other tight end in Atlanta. I'll take Hayden Hurst. He's a guy that I'm targeting on a lot of my rosters right now. It's really, you know, the dynasty or I guess the fantasy community in general continuously says, oh, well, they have Pitts. Pitts is going to, he's going to run all those routes, but Pitts is going to play on the perimeter. He's really going to be the the big slot and the guy moving around the formation. Hayden Hurst is still going to be on the field and he'll still run those short to intermediate tight end routes. He'll catch passes out of that. So to get him in round 18, that feels just fine. I like the value there. That sends us to round 19. The options here uh, Amir Smith-Marset from Minnesota, then Damian Williams, Jacob Harris, Dawson Knox, Olamide Zacharias, whatever, I can't always say Olamide Zacchaeus. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Malcolm Brown, Jordan Love, Larry Roundtree, Nikhil Harry, Mo Cox, Daryl Williams, and Marquez Calloway. Gosh, I, you know, I did a prep even because I knew I was going to say all the names, so I went through all of them, set them in, at, ahead of time, still screwed it up. I'm taking Jordan Love, guys. I'm going to take the quarterback in round 19, and I realize that I'm I'm the guy that believes Aaron Rodgers will be back and will play all 17 games for the Packers. That doesn't mean in a dynasty that I don't want Jordan Love. They drafted him in the first round. They obviously thought he was a top 10 or 15 talent in that draft class to trade up for him and go get him like they did. Now he's getting reps in in camp. He should get reps in a in a short or at least some preseason. We're going to see some of Jordan Love, and I think the day that Rodgers comes back is going to be the day that those that believe in Love should go out there and try to add him to their rosters. So I take Jordan Love. Ryan, who are you going to take? I knew you were taking Jordan Love. That was an easy. So you didn't pick. even mark. You didn't even write his name down. I bet. Didn't, didn't even consider him. I saw you had the pick in this round, and and I knew. I knew how this was going. Uh, I'm going to take uh, a guy I like to grab in, in late drafts, either redraft or dynasty. He was actually my last pick in the Scott Fishbowl. I'll I take knew Marquez. you were going to take him. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take uh, Marquez Callaway. Uh, this is this is kind of a Traquan Smith pick. I think Traquan Smith has, has had his shot and hasn't really done anything with it. Um, mm-hmm. as, as we talked about earlier, I think that was the Troutman conversation you had uh Dan, that uh, Troutman could potentially be the second target for that Saints offense, uh, or at least set second pass catching target. We'll take Kamara out of the picture for a moment. I think it could also be Callaway, uh, and obviously he is dirt cheap here as, as the wide receiver 96, and probably on waiver wires and in a lot of dynasty leagues. He would be a guy I would be picking up uh, to see how the early uh, the early season goes, and and really even training camp. You know, we'll, we'll probably have a good idea after camp. I like that pick. I had him second on my list in the round. Matt, who do you have here? Man, there's a lot of good players in this round. I probably would have taken a few of these compared to the options in round 18 and maybe mm-hmm. 17 too. Um, I'm not. I'm gonna tell you players. I'm not gonna pick, but one and two. Jacob Harris, very interesting in, in LA. Uh, now that he has the tight end designation. Um, uh, Daryl Williams in Kansas City. They didn't really add anyone behind Clyde Edwards there. So if he falters again, maybe we have something with him this late. Uh, Larry Roundtree, I like uh, better than Josh Kelly. I, I I think at this point we haven't seen him on the field yet, but Kelly definitely disappointed. So Roundtree, I think, is an option here. But I'm going to take another uh, yet another. I, I, apparently, after round 11 is where we take all the Patriots because I'm going to go back to former first round NFL pick and former 1.01 and rookie drafts Nikhil Harry. He has apparently requested a trade. We know we have no idea if that's actually going to happen, but maybe he needs to change the scenery to unlock his potential. Um, just 22 years old, 23 years old, uh, entering his third season here, the the historic breakout age or season for NFL wide receivers. Uh, he's training with TJ Hushmanzada. There's no real dominant wide receiver in that receiving course still. I know we talked about Jacoby Myers earlier, and he's probably the volume option for sure. And then, of course, both of those tight ends. But I still have a little bit of love for Nikhil Harry, again, former first-round pick and you know a player that we liked quite a lot in Dynasty and Debbie um, for a long time. So to get him here all the way in the 19th as you know wide receiver 9 or 10, whatever it might be on my team, uh, I'm, I'm happy to take a shot on him here. 
He's a guy that's probably available for a third round pick in most leagues. Oh, maybe so, even a fourth. Yeah. And absolutely. maybe even longer. Yep. So uh, I don't mind buying in at wide receiver 95 prices, <laughs> uh, especially <laughs> if he does get, get that second opportunity in a new spot. It just, it never works in new England with these wide receivers, yeah. unless you're, you're one of those small slot guys or you're Randy Moss. So uh, let's, let's give him another shot somewhere else. I'd like to see him with a different uniform on uh, sooner rather than later. We were to the last round guys, round 20 guys like Ty Johnson, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Travis Fulgham, Joshua Kelly, Byron Pringle, Devonte Booker, Jalen Darden, uh, Quintus Cephas, Wayne Gallman, Keyshawn Vaughn, Keelan Cole, and Hunter Long are on the board. Matt. Who do you got for your last pick in this draft? You guys know who it is. Yeah, I, I, I don't know why I asked. It's, <laughs> it's my boy from Wisconsin. It's Quintez Cephas. Uh, right. Yeah, wide receiver 100. I mean, I am not necessarily afraid of Brashad Perriman. I'm coming around on Tyrell Williams a little bit, obviously. Uh, or excuse me, um, uh, coming around on him a little bit just because I think that Brashad Perriman is terrible and he – he has been good in the past. He wasn't good for the Raiders. He had one good season for the Chargers, um, but I'm not going to take him either. I'm going to take Quintus Cephas. 35 targets, 10 of which came in week one. Uh, less competition, I would argue, this season than he had last season. You know, Marvin Jones is gone. Kenny Galladay was hurt most of, of 2020, so I don't know if you could consider, necessarily consider him competition last year. Um, but this year, those guys are all gone, uh, and Cephas is the only one of those top three options that was here last, last season. Uh, new coaching staff, new quarterback, all of that stuff, so not sure how much all of that matters. But uh, I still like Cephas, and I think he can probably – you know, I think he's going to be on the field at least a lot more than he was as a rookie. So I'll take Quintus. He was here at wide receiver 100 in the 20th round. Easy. We all knew it. He executed the plan. <laughs> Ryan, who do you got in round 20? Um, I, I'm not going to take Ryan Fitzpatrick, but I do. think I love def- him there. I know. He's I, great. I, I, I think he's an interesting pick. Uh, we talked about Tom Brady. You took Brady way back in round 14. Uh, you think of him as as a guy who can give you a quarterback one, probably a low end quarterback one season. uh, But, but not much more than that thinking uh, beyond 2021, same thing here with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, I I don't know if, if he's quite as reliable as Brady, but uh, definitely an interesting pick this late. Uh, Instead of him though, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Ty Johnson. He is just 23 years old. The uh, jets running back and kind of a messy backfield. It seems like we're, uh, just assuming that Carter will will take over that backfield, but they they still have Lamichael P. Ryan. They also signed um, Tevin Coleman, but R- Johnson was the guy who came into that backfield after starting the season. I believe he started last season with Detroit and, and went o- moved over to the Jets and uh, gave us an RB one season or an RB one game late in the season, also an RB two game, uh, two games uh, with seventeen plus fantasy points. Uh, so I, I think he's worst case. I think he's better than uh, P Ryan and Tevin Coleman and, and we'll see what Carter does. So uh, Johnson mislaid as, as a player, as a running back who will see some touches. I considered Fitzpatrick would have of course gone with Cephas if I was in front of Matt in this round, but was not. And Johnson is a solid pick as well. This late I, for all the reasons you mentioned, I am, I'm going to, stick with the running back position as well. And I'm actually going to go with Wayne Gallman because he's in San Francisco. I like that, that spot, you know, running backs in San Francisco, they always seem to get opportunities and they always seem to, to really cash in on those opportunities, have big games. He's been the punching bag in New York for, for four years since he was drafted really, but filled in for Saquon nicely last year, average 4.6 yards per carry. And, you know, despite playing behind a, a, relatively poor offensive line that that was put together uh, with bandages and tape from time to time throughout the 2020 season. So uh, I feel like a new start for Wayne Gallman's a good thing. And, and where where's better to start than in San Francisco where, you know, there's so many injuries at that position, it feels like, and he's always gonna, going to be lurking there and potentially get his opportunity. If he averages 4.6 yards per carry and he gets his chance in San Francisco, that's going to present a, a big win for dynasty managers who invest at in, at this price in round 20. 
Fellas, we made it. We got through rounds 11 through 20. Hopefully we identified some values, some guys that can can either be added in a startup draft or auction or even in the trade market. Any major takeaways for you, Ryan? Uh, running back was really ugly. <laughs> I think yep. we we probably knew that coming in that uh, finding those backs in the in the double digit rounds would be a challenge. But just just a reminder, that's why we want to uh, take those guys in in the first few rounds, as you said at the start of the show. And 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 again, just the the tight end depth is. I, I was surprised by uh, by the options. You know, we could have found a tight end in in almost every round we like here in these uh, eleven and beyond. Matt, how about you? Anything major that stuck out for you? The the tight end one was really the big one. Like there's all if you're not gonna get pile pits, you know, maybe, maybe TJ Hawkinson if you want to take a stab later. Uh, but otherwise, out of those two guys in the top, you know, seven, eight rounds, like there's no reason to take a tight end with these options uh available to you. Whether it's Evan Ingram, whether you want to double up on a couple of guys like grab Higby to start this year, and maybe Irv Smith or Troutman uh could could turn into something as well. You know, there's just so many options you could take a, a shotgun approach to that in these late rounds and end up just fine, I think. A tight end. Yeah, those are good notes for sure. For me, I think the main takeaway, and Ryan, you mentioned it halfway through the episode, do this exercise. This is yeah. worthwhile. You can see where the pockets of value and, and, you know, especially if you're in a startup where you can trade and, and you can move around on the draft board and find the spots where you're finding multiple names that you really like. Uh, do that. Move up in the early rounds to get that extra stud, collect picks in round 16 or 17, wherever you see that value. And you'll you'll benefit greatly from it. So uh, we had a lot of fun doing this one, as we always do, guys. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. For Ryan and Matt, I'm Dan. We'll catch you again next week.